Welcome back to True North Talk, Season 2, Episode 15. This is our first episode of 2024, Peter. How's that feel? It feels it feels good. Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, I think we took kind of a, a week, week or two off. Kind of obviously things get, get busy during the Christmas and New Year season, but we're back and better than ever, and we got some exciting things coming up in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for those and you know, for, for all that we put together the rest of this year, continuing to let God lead the way. And I'm definitely excited for what this year is going to look like. Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy year, 2024, <laughs> to think about that number. It's kind of an, it's kind of like a, I guess you could say like a, a reset year. It hmm. reminds me of, um, you know, 20, like eight, an even number, 2016, 2008, 2000. It's like leap years too. Almost like, yeah, it's almost like, a new era, you know? Hmm. So I don't know. It should be a, an interesting year. There's a lot going on on the world stage. There's, we have elections this year. Um, I feel Your like boys getting married. Me. Peter's getting married. <laughs> um, our, my sister-in-law is getting married. Um, so we have a whole lot going on and not to mention my team plays for a national championship tomorrow night. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean when you're listening that, to this episode, you'll know what the result is. Will it be Michigan <laughs> oh. will it be Michigan national champions or Washington? I guess we'll see on Thursday. <laughs> Honestly, like so me and Peter, we saw Michigan play Washington at like yep. the beginning of this new Michi- era of Michigan yep. football. Twenty twenty one, week week two, twenty twenty one. Both it's teams like were a unranked. Full circle game. Oh, you definitely, know? completely, especially especially for Michigan, I feel like, and, and even for Washington, having lost that game, I don't think they had a very good 2021 season, but they started to, you know, start turning things around in 2022. Uh, Kalen DeBoer has come in and done a fantastic job for the Huskies, and, and obviously Harbaugh kind of finally broke through, broke through the wall that he had been running into and has Michigan as one of the top two teams in the country and very well could be the, the best team in the country after what happens in the championship game. Yeah, who... Well, so first, Peter and I saw pretty much Blake Corum's coming out party to the world. Yep. Um, that game, he had, a, I think, like a massive touchdown run early in the game. I think it was like a 67-yarder. Yep. Um, so, yeah, memorable game. It was a night game at the big house. But, yeah. 20th anniversary of September 11th, too. So, there was, I remember there being yeah. a really cool, like, oh, light show beautiful. and very, very, like, you know, chill-inducing type thing. Very, very memorable you know, first time for me had, in the big house at all, and for it to be a night game, maze out was was a pretty pretty rocking environment. Yeah, and I think they had like nine eleven survivors there. Yeah, I think um, or families possibly from the mm-hmm. twin towers. Um, so it was an amazing night. But yeah, we have again. It's just surreal saying that to me. It's like ever since Michigan started getting good again, it's like it's just hard for me to like grasp. It's surreal because I never. I've been. I'm 24. I've never seen my team can meet, compete on this level. So right. this is like, wow, we're playing for a national championship. Or at, at least crazy. not, at least not win the games to get to this point, because you were there in, in 2016, obviously you remember that year, but right. up until these last, and, and, and even the last couple of years, you know, losing the playoff games to Georgia and TCU. And now it's like finally got over the hurdle by beating big, bad Bama. And now you're playing for a national championship in a matchup that I honestly, as a neutral of the game, you know, as a Buckeye fan, I don't love seeing Michigan in the game, but as a, as a college football neutral, I love, I love this matchup. I love the fact that there's, you know, no SEC team this year. I have nothing against the SEC, but it does get old when there's an SEC team in every championship game. And it's kind of cool also that, you know, the first four team college football playoff pitted Ohio State against Oregon. And now the last one before we expand to 12 next year pits their rivals. 
10 years later pits both of their both of their best rivals you know both both teams have in-state rivals you know Oregon is Oregon State Washington is Washington State Michigan is Michigan State but really it's those teams across the border that actually compare you know Michigan Michigan State doesn't hold a torch to to Michigan Washington State doesn't to Washington Oregon State doesn't to Oregon so all those teams are kind of connected in that way as well so I don't want to I don't want to start getting into a college football talk episode here but I am I'm very excited for the game as well and again when you when everybody's listening to this episode we will find out who is the best team in college football and either way it'll be a 2024 big 10 team true yeah and it's kind of cool too because we have the first one was ohio state oregon and last one is michigan washington it's like two old school Hmm. kind of rose bowl matchups big 10 pac 12 right um until and both in the state of texas too arlington ohio state oregon and now this one in houston (laughs) yeah and i like you said they're new they're big 10 teams now too so that's that's even more on there but interesting stuff happening on the on the sports side and even even the same the same semifinals too different ones that the teams were in but it was the rose bowl and sugar bowl back in 2014 as well so very very much a full circle moment kind of satisfying when you when you look at all those things but i am very excited and i'm excited to see what the futures look like for both of these teams too um you know because obviously well for for college football as a whole exactly team playoff yeah there's some good, I mean, good and bad things that I feel about that that I won't get get into here, but I I am looking forward to it. It's kind of hard for me to like get excited though about like every game is not going to matter as much as it used to. Exactly, so it's, it's kind of hard in that manner to like you know as a as a fan of your team in college. Anybody who's a fan in college football, they know every game you're kind of on the edge of your seat when it's close because every game matters in this current right. system. And next year. You can lose a game. You can lose two games, and probably and, two. You know, you look at a Penn, have, Penn State, Ole Miss, Missouri, all with two losses, and all I believe top twelve teams. Yeah, and you, and especially if you have the brand name, like if you're Michigan or Ohio State or Georgia, you know the argument's going to be there. Okay, they have three losses, but it's Georgia, or they have three losses, but it's Alabama. Like, right. One thing about it too, the conferences team, you're going to make it in. Exactly. And think about it, the conferences too. Like like next year, for example, let's say Michigan loses two, three games. Their losses very well could be, I mean, looking ahead, these are teams that are very possible. It could be Washington, Texas, and let's say Ohio State gets back in the win column. Or for Ohio State, they could have losses. I'm trying to remember who they play next year. I don't know if Oregon is one of the teams that they face. Is it UCLA? Is it UCLA? UCLA or USC? I'd have to, I'd have to look at their schedule. But again, it's like, if you lose to good teams too, you know, I, I think two will probably be the cutoff um, because there's there's so many teams that are in that top twelve that have you know every team has two losses or fewer. But I, I think there is there is a possibility that a team with three losses could get in, and in a 12, 12 game season, that's kind of in, insane that that a team with that many losses can get in. But I, I think there's there's excitement too. You know, getting to see those playoff games. You know, college football games always have a great atmosphere. But getting to think about a home game, a home playoff yeah, game that, for those that's teams, what's cool about it. that's what's yeah. awesome. Yeah, a playoff game in the big house, playoff game in, in the horseshoe. Yeah, and know. even playoff game, Bryant Denny. You know, I know we're not exactly Southern guys, but that's still cool. Um, a playoff game, maybe out at the L.A. Coliseum for USC, if they're able to, to tur- turn things around. I mean, they've got a quarterback who, I don't know if you saw that Holiday Bowl, but I think Miller Moss is his name, threw six touchdowns against yeah, uh, did, Louisville. So yeah, he looked really good. But we'll see. U- U- USC always seems to have big expectations and fall short ever since the Pete Carroll days. Yeah. They they have and I, I I personally would like to see them back on the 
on the big stage just for for college football i think it'd be really good you know he's a, a classic traditional powerhouse for sure um and honestly just at the superficial level i love the uniforms you know yeah um, that's another team you guys. I think you guys play USC next year. Actually, I think you guys yeah, have kind we, of the murderers row of teams. Michigan has a yeah, very we, tough we schedule a tough next schedule. year. I think you benefit. A few of those teams are at home, but yeah, it's it's going to be a tough sl- slate, especially you know losing some of the some of the big guys from this past year. But I think you know you've it, and it also it also depends. I mean, Harbaugh's looking like some NFL interests. Yeah, Ohio State. I'm looking at their schedule now at Oregon. At Penn State, you know those are those are probably the two toughest road tests at Michigan State. But it, it, the the schedule favors Ohio State if they can get things turned around next year. But it's it's going to be exciting. Definitely a lot to look forward to this coming year. And yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, I I love. We're kind of like doing a hearkening back to the PB and J show a little bit with we our, definitely our are. college football. <laughs> trend here i think we're almost 10 minutes in so we probably yeah. should to transition into um our actual topic today and and episode is going to be a little bit more concise too um but it's it's a good one and yeah honestly i really like this new model we're, we're going with with the show and i think it's going to pay off for our listeners too of just having to you know the ability to have you know something that they can take away right. and and having it be um, focused too and really focused locked in on and one efficient topic. Yep. and delivering a good product and there's going to be i mean we've already had this where we go over you know we hit close to an hour which was our our standard kind of um time that we would hit in season one but we're gonna try to get you guys just what you need to know and just and keep exactly. it focused so you can take something home from every episode so right today's episode we're going to be in jeremiah 17 um I was telling Peter before we talked, I, I, this was part of my reading this week for my uh, weekly Bible study group that I'm in mm-hmm. and stuck out to me. Um, there's a personal story that I shared with Peter before the podcast. I probably keep that private, mm-hmm. you know, on the air here, but yeah. um, I just think it's, this is a struggle that many people go through and I think it's, it's something that, um, you know, we, we should talk about and shed some light on because I think the issue of trust and where we, where we place our trust can be detrimental for some people if you don't know where to put your trust and something I've struggled with in the past. Um, and unless you have this knowledge, you know, I think there's a, there's a scripture that says my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And if you don't have the knowledge that you need to have when, when things get tough, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to know where to turn. And that's the position I was in at one point in my life. Um, position one of my close friends has been in and and I'm sure most of my friends have been in and I think Peter had you know he has some things he wants to share he said maybe in a a little bit of a different direction or just a different interpretation but it's gonna be really good today so like I said Jeremiah 17 we're not going to read the whole chapter because there's a whole lot there and and it's a lot to break down we're going to focus on first uh, 17 1 through 17 yeah so unless you have anything else to say Peter before we get into this um, if you have anything to share and then we can go ahead and read, um, the first couple of verses there, one through four. No, I think I'm ready to get into it. I, um, I have the, this is the King James version of it, but I'm going to read it cause 
just because I have it pulled up right now. This is Hosea 6, or 4, 6, the verse that you referenced. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. So some pretty, pretty telling stuff, I guess, of, you know, what what you're talking about there when we we lack of knowledge. Yep. Which throwback to our episode on knowledge versus wisdom if you haven't listened yeah, to that one that was a good one um, putting it into into practice is, is a different thing than possessing the knowledge but exactly yeah we're going to focus on having the knowledge today so right peter do you want to read one through four there, that section yeah yeah again jeremiah 17 if you want to follow along or pull this up later judah's sin is engraved with an iron tool inscribed with a flint point on the tablets of their hearts and on the horns of their altars Even their children remember their altars and Asherah poles, beside the spreading trees and on the high hills. My mountain in the land and your wealth and all your treasures I will give away as plunder, together with your high places, because of sin throughout the country. Through your own fault you will lose the inheritance I gave you. I will enslave you to your enemies in a land you did not know, for you have kindled my anger and it will burn forever. Yeah, so... First of all, a little bit of context. So God is speaking to Jeremiah about Judah and the sin of Judah. Um, and, and if you notice the, the image that was used there, and I put it here in the outline, the sin has, was described as with a pin of iron. And iron pins are, are they're pretty sharp tools, right? They're strong they're sharp tools. They were used to cut engravings into stone, you know, mm-hmm. names or writings or whatever into stone. And this is sin that had lasted for a long time um, that that God was speaking about here. And, you know, I, I this stuck out to me because if you look there, it says, I will cause you to serve your enemies. And that, that was, I was reading out at ESV, so I put this on there, but... Mm-hmm. You know, this is the punishment for place for misplacing of trust. And Judah was placing, you know, their trust into idols and Baal sacrifice, which if you don't know about the, the god Baal, it's kind of ironic. It's crazy, too. In our society right now, the god Baal, B-A-L. False god Baal. Lowercase right. g, as my dad always Lower likes to say. Lowercase g, but, <laughs> but people serve him as a god. Right. It's as prevalent as ever. This God is is currently in our society as in 2024 as alive. And when I say alive, I mean people are worshiping this God more than ever. But this God was one of, of child sacrifice. So hmm. if you don't know that, there's a whole lot on Baal you can read in the Bible. You can read um, extra biblically. But this is the God, and these were the gods they were serving. They were misplacing their trust and putting it in idols and not in the Lord. And man, does this hit home with us. You know, we live in, in America and in, in a, such a luxurious society. We are so far disconnected from struggle and, and from just reality of life that I think it's so easy to put our trust in, into other things besides God. Wouldn't you say, Peter? I mean, there's so many things right. we could talk about that we can put our trust in besides God. And, and that just really stuck out to me. So I, mm-hmm. and the question I had here was, you know, what, what might that look like in our life? You know, for Judah, it was putting it in, in literal idols, physical objects they worshipped as God. You know, a God that that required a sacrifice of children. Mm-hmm. But for us in 2024, what might that look like of, of misplacing that trust? 
I think one area that's easy to get caught into, especially as men, especially as men, both of us who are driven to to give forth our best effort and to, you know, I almost would say be known. It's easy to put our own status, I think, and, and elevate that above God. Um, you know, you put career here as one of those things, and I think that's what it would what Bo would be described by as well, is putting putting our own success in work or just in our st- status above God and ultimately glorifying him first of all. And so I think, I think that would be one thing that I would say is, is an idol that can be in our own lives. I mean, you look at, obviously I feel like a lot of times when people talk about an idol, especially in the church, they do talk about, you know, like a phone when you spend more time on your phone than you do with the Lord or, or money being an idol. But I think, I think one for us, especially men, you know, as young men who are driven to be, who are driven to be successful, it can be putting that at a pedestal that exceeds God. And I think that's what we have to be careful about. Um, because he does, he wants us to be motivated. He he does not want us to sit idle. He says that in the word, but he also does not want us to overshadow his own glory when we're, when we're pursuing those things. And so I think that's what it would be for me. And I, and I think sometimes when we do, we ultimately fall short of those goals that we have solely for ourselves. And that then puts us in a place where it does feel like our wealth and treasures are given away as plunder, like it says in verse three, because of sin throughout your country. So, and I think that's something that as a whole, we see a lot of people around us pursuing that, pursuing selfish gain. And I think that's the thing that I want to caution myself and Joe and anybody listening against is, is against your own self-promotion. We want to give forth our best effort, but not for our own, uh, notoriety or recognition, but for the recognition of God. And and I think that's something, you know, a lot of athletes will say something generic like, oh, you know, thank, thanks. You know, I th- want to thank God for this opportunity, but something like, you know, I, I think of CJ Stroud because it's, it's most recently, there's obviously a lot of other guys who do this as well, but he's been doing it a lot this season. First thing he said, CJ Stroud, when the Houston Texans clinched the playoff berth on Saturday with a win over the Colts was, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and he got emotional. If you, if you know CJ Stroud's story, um, you know, his father, I'm trying to remember. I want to make sure I get this right. I don't know if he's in in jail or if he's passed away. I want to make sure that I get that information right. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of emotion involving that. And yeah, he, he's he's sentenced to basically life in prison. I think 38 years. Um, so there's there's a lot of emotion. But but what CJ has done is he's he's given his life over to Christ and he's he's been successful on the football field. But it's it's never first about what you know his own gain or I, I even think of Blake Corum when he's asked about I think by Holly Rowe the reporter from ESPN what drives him the first thing he said or like what keeps him calm in the moments of stress the first thing he said you know he was like you know this book the word of God the Bible and he had it with him at media day there was a picture on on uh, X that showed that and so it's 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 guys like that obviously Joe and I both former athletes ourselves and being huge fans of, of football you know we see guys like that and the first thing they do is is recognize God. I think that's you know unbelievable, and I think that's what it should be for us. You know, for for our success um, in work. You know, for for me writing up articles for for Joe, what you do. You know, in in the state house and stuff like that. And so I think in everything that we do, it's not about glorifying ourselves, but it's about glorifying God and recognizing that's where any success, any and all success that we have, comes from Him. And so I think as long as we do that, and 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 also you know selfish attitude can get in the way and it can cause us to to sin in other ways it can cause us to put you know 
just our own desires ahead of what God wants for our lives. And so I think that's, that's what I would caution against is that self-promotion and pride. Yeah. I, I think pride is the good word, the, the word that it all boils down to. Um, mm-hmm. and, and as you were going through some of those examples, really good examples, I was thinking, you know, all this really boils down to, you know, and probably even for Judah back in the old Testament days, um, believing in themselves as God, right? Believing mm-hmm. that they have all the answers. And people, you know, when you hear like nowadays, people talk about Satanism a lot, Satanist, you know, satanic stuff. You know, it's in our entertainment industry. It's all over the place. But really, if you talk to a true Satanist, um, what they tell you is that they don't believe it's all about evil and sacrifice and rituals. I'm sure that's a part of it. But they say our religion is about us being God. We can choose what we want to be. We can define define what our life is going to look like. We are in full control. We worship ourselves. We're the most important thing in this world is, is me. That's that's what they teach. And that's what Lucifer and that's what Satan tells us and tempts us with is that oh yeah, you you are worth it. You you are special. You should take, you know, you should take pride. You should celebrate yourself. You should take all the glory. It's all about you, 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 and people eat it up because it's easy. It's, it's convenient for human beings to want to take pride and to be prideful and think that we're amazing and that we are so successful because of our own work. But ultimately that's not where we need to place our trust is in ourself or others or money or success, because ultimately all those things are going to come to an end. Hmm. We, one thing for, we know for certain in this world is that we're all born and one day we're all going to die. And all these things that we, anything we can place our trust in besides the creator of the universe, the one who wrote the word of God that we can read, praise God every day hmm. is going to f- come, Amen. it's going to fall short. It's going to be faulty um, ultimately. And, you know, for, whether it's a, an athlete that performs in high pressure situations or, you know, going, somebody going through a hard time with their family or career, what they need to, to depend on is something that's not going to change. And it's something I've tried to, to do in my life when I've gone through hardship. And I'm, I'm sure you have too, Peter, is in those tough moments, giving it to God fully and letting go. And we're going to come back to that idea of fully letting go here at the end. Read five through nine there too. So I, I'm okay if you want to go ahead and read that or if not, I can. Yeah, I can take it. Sure. Yeah. So picking up Jeremiah 17, five, this is what the Lord says, says, cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Hmm. And then I think we had, okay, that stops at nine. So I'll go. I'll include verse 10 okay. just because it wasn't in the outline, but it says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So it's kind of a lot to unpack there. The first section, five through eight, um, I think there's kind of two sections to that, um, two, two different takeaways from that section of scripture. And the first question, and I'll, I'll just open this up, uh, Peter, if you have any comments on this, um, 
um, what does that section say? What does it, what does it say in, you know, in Jeremiah about trusting in people and not God? What, where is that going to lead you if you do that? I think it's a perfect compare and contrast. You know, cursed is the one it starts with in verse five, and then it contrasts that with blessed is the one. It says, cursed is the one who trusts in man, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. It's, it's very poetic the way that it's written, whose yeah. strength is drawn from mere flesh and who heart ter- whose heart turns away from the Lord versus whose confidence is in him. The person will be like a bush in the wastelands, no prosperity when it comes, dwell in the parched place of the desert in a salt land where no one lives, versus a tree planted by the water, sending out its roots by the stream. There is no fear when heat comes, its leaves are always green, and it has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. So I think it's a perfect compare and contrast to show the rewards that we get for trusting in man. And I, and I think when it says trusting in man, it really is two-sided. It's both trusting in the people around us, but it's also trusting in ourselves and in our own strength. Um, because it says, it says who draws strength from mere flesh and who heart, whose heart turns away from the Lord. So I think we could take two lessons from this. And maybe Joe, if you want to get into more what, what you think it looks like tra- placing our trust in other humans to me, and this is, this is what I said kind of before the episode that I kind of lock in on is like having this trust in ourselves. And this doesn't mean that we have no self-confidence and we don't think we could do anything, but where that confidence truly needs to come from is it needs mm. to come from trust in the Lord because God wants us to, to have confidence, but he doesn't want us to have our own self-confidence from our own misguided views. He wants us to depend on him. And, and it's almost like, it's almost an irony. I feel like a lot of things in faith kind of are, and I think that's why that's why it's it's difficult, actually, it is at times, to follow the Lord because we have to give up some of ourselves, but then we gain an even deeper part of, of ourselves and a deeper connection to God when we do that. And so I think that's that's what my, my lesson and takeaway is here, is that when we draw strength in ourselves, in, in our flesh— it's ultimately going to fail. We're going to be parched. We're going to be a bush in wastelands. But if we have our confidence in him and trust in him, we'll be planted by the water, we'll be fruitful, and we will we will not have to fear when when heat or, or trials come along. And so I think that that is ultimately my takeaway. And I think it's, again, just want to hammer home the, the point of it's okay to be confident, but only when that confidence is drawn from the Lord and not from ourselves. Exactly. Um, it's, it's interesting too, you said it poetic. That's exactly what I thought when I saw this, like, this is this, the way this is written is very poetic and it's something that spoke to my heart. Um, and regarding trusting others, I think a good image to, to, to kind of like understand this, what Jeremiah is or what's in Jeremiah here, what God is, is speaking is that, you know, what, what is the epitome of trust? Like when human beings, when you trust somebody else, what is like the, the, the pinnacle of that? trust in others. And I would argue it's probably that of romantic love. You know, whether you believe in marriage, whether you want to be married or you, you know, you're the most trust in is your, is your other, is your significant other. It's your spouse. And in the Christian worldview in the Bible in the biblical structure of marriage, the way that it's set up is that you, of course you trust your spouse trust in them that the, what you're trusting is their relationship with God and you and overall your trust and so you're not placing your trust in the person but you're placing your trust in God that he led you to the right person and and also guess what if that situation does not work out you're trusting God that it's for your it's for your betterment right we know Matthew 6:33 um 
all things work for the good. So it's a matter of where you're placing your trust. And, um, you know, if you, if you look here in this commentary, it says Jeremiah drew in the images of Psalm one, where, uh, the blessed man is the one who delights in God's word. In some sense, Jeremiah thought trusting in the Lord to be the same as delighting in his word. And that's the thing is that circling back to the, the earlier question about where are we putting our, where are we putting our trust work? How, how can we misplace our trust? If you're placing your trust in God fully, you're reading his word. There's no way that it, that word will not convict you and point you toward, okay, no matter what happens in my life, like ultimately God's in control, his will over mine and whatever we perceive to be negative in our lives usually turns out to be positive. And it's, you know, we're promised that everything does work for the good if we're called according to his purpose. So, um, I, I just think that there's redemption in this section. I think that it, um, provides us with a roadmap and, you know, the beauty and the freedom that comes with that. And that's really the, the final point. But I think before we get there, we're going to go through um, Jeremiah's prayer here, which is really good to end on. I think it's it's good for both of us and everybody listening. So definitely. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add about that, Peter, but just, yeah, placing our, our trust in the right right place really can provide so much peace. No, I, I just say amen to that. And yeah, I think it it's very true and finding finding that confidence, I guess, in the Lord. Mm-hmm. So but, do you want to read? Yeah. I can read the, the final section there. Yeah. 11, 11 through 18, or are we just going through 17? Seven, or 17 or 18. Okay. Like a partridge that hatches eggs, it did not lay, are those who gain riches by unjust means. When their lives are half gone, their riches will desert them, and in the end they will prove to be fools. A glorious throne, exalted from the beginning, is the place of our sanctuary. Lord, you are the hope of Israel. All who forsake you will be put to shame. Those who turn away from you will be written in the dust, because they have forsaken the Lord, the spring of living water. Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved, for you are the one I praise. They keep saying to me, Where is the word of the Lord? Let it now be fulfilled. I have not run away from being your shepherd. You know I have not desired the day of despair. What passes my lips is open before you. Do not be a terror to me. You are my refuge in the day of disaster. Let my persecutors be put to shame, but keep me from shame. Let them be terrified, but keep me from terror. Bring on them the day of disaster. Destroy them with double destruction. Interesting. Double destruction. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting phrase there, but... It is, yeah. I I thought that was beautiful. Heal me and I'll be healed. Save me and I'll be saved for you're the one I praise. I mean, even you could even take that verse right there and just repeat that daily. And I think that would be just such such an encouragement, you know, especially with somebody who's going through some, some hardship or whatever. Um, I think it's always good to have a couple scriptures in your back pocket that, you know, and you can just speak out loud when you're feeling down or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I just think, you know, the question was how can we use Jeremiah's prayer to reflect on our own walk with Christ and grow closer to him? And I, I think it kind of answers itself. Um, again, if you, if you're putting in the work, sometimes simple is, is the answer. And the, and the simple answer is that if, if you're putting in the work, if you're reading every day, um, and if you are making the decision to place your trust in the Lord, it's pretty hard to, to end up in a, in that precarious position of, of being extremely vulnerable or hurt or whatever from placing your trust in other people or any idol or anything else outside of God. So, 
again, pretty simple and to the point, but I think this is an episode that like I need to hear, you need to hear probably. And, you know, it's just good to have a reminder, um, of, you know, and the freedom that comes from it. Like I said, at the bottom of the outline there, the freedom that comes with this reality and understanding. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you have anything else to add, Peter, but if not, maybe we can, we can pray and, and wrap up. Yeah, I mean, I just I just wanted to add on, on the thing that you put on the bottom, the true freedom that comes with trusting in the Lord. You know, when we trust in ourselves or in, in others, you know, we often have limitations that are either placed on us by others or that we even place on ourselves and they're kind of affirmed by others. And I think when we have our trust ultimately firmly placed in the Lord, like you, like you said, and like the word says even more so is that there is true freedom in that. And I think that's, that's a big takeaway from, from the, these verses today is that, you know, we ask the Lord and we trust that he's going to heal us. We cry out here, heal me Lord. And I will be healed when we need salvation. We say, save me and I will be saved. You know, it's having that deep, true trust. It's not just saying, you know, this is something that we've talked about kind of off the podcast. It's like, Lord, if you want to save me, I know you can, but it's kind of, Flipping then being like, Lord, I'm confident that that you will save me, that you will heal me. Yeah. And and it's not having this false sense of like, you know, I don't I don't know. I think sometimes pride can get in the way in that because it almost can feel like we deserve to be saved. But that's that's the way that God sees us, that every single one of us who accept his word and and even those who don't, God loves each and every human on this earth um, that has come before, that is on earth now and that will in the future. You know, he has a deep love for all of us. And when we pursue him and we trust in him, we, he will reward that. And so I think having that true trust, you know, provides true freedom. I think, again, we're kind of bound and I would almost say even kind of have shackles when we have our trust in our in ourselves or in other humans because there's those limitations. So I think that would just kind of be my my final takeaway before before we wrap up here. Yeah, and, and just, you know, coming back to, my, one of my life verses, Mark nine twenty three, when you're when you're talking about like our prayer and, and just expecting the healing or expecting, you know, the saving. Mark nine twenty three, Jesus said, "If you can, everything is possible for one who believes." And it's God's desire that we that we ask for what we desire and we ask for what we need. You know, it's not God's desire that we walk through life and just thinking that you know, everything's decided for us. Everything's predetermined. There's nothing we can do to change it. And God's will is, is what it is. And, you know, we can't petition. We're supposed to petition. You know, God wants us to petition. And if you have faith, the key is having that faith. But if you have that faith, everything is possible. Jesus said we can literally move a mountain. Hmm. You know, some people are like, Amen. well, it's a metaphor. But, you know, I don't know. I, I really don't know because faith really can move mountains. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in other lives. And, um, that's really the key. So yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. And I think, like I said, important reminder for all of us, uh, to just remain and, and abide in him. So, amen. um, yeah, with that, with that, I mean, like I said, if you have anything else, but if not, I, I, maybe I can lead us in prayer this episode. Okay. Yeah. If you want to go right ahead yeah. and I'll follow. Yep. Dear Lord, thank you for this episode and an ability to speak the truth, speak it proudly and loudly and, um, I just remind everybody, Lord, to not place their trust in anything else besides you, whether that's people or a significant other or um, career, money or, or pride or success. All those things are earthly and will come to a fault eventually. You know, we're all, we all have a date with death. 
uh, but the beauty is that we're redeemed through you and we're, we're gifted eternal life. We thank you for that gift. Thank you for creating us and, and giving us this beautiful life we have. Um, and we just pray that everybody who heard this episode today would take home that truth, the freedom that comes with trusting in you. And we just pray that for everybody today. Um, and, and we just pray everybody be blessed that heard this episode today in Jesus name. And Lord, I just want to, first of all, echo and say amen to everything that Joe just prayed and just emphasize that. Um, and I also just want to pray, Lord, that we would hand over all of our own selfish desires and aspirations that we have and that we would bring those to you. And if they, if they align with, with your desire for our lives, Lord, I pray that you would give us the tools and the ability to pursue those goals. But if they ultimately are for our own pride or self gain, I pray that you would help us to, to see that and to turn to, to the ways that glorify your ways, Lord. Uh, I pray that that we would all trust in you fully. I know it's it's one thing to say, yes, I trust in the Lord. It's another thing to actually feel that on a day-to-day basis. So I pray that we would just have that ultimate just confidence and trust in you, Lord, for for guiding us and leading us to where you want us to be in our lives and to helping us just build up and uplift, uplift those around us as well. And thank you for the promises that are in your word and for what we read at the beginning about kind of the comparison of what, what, what happens, kind of the reminder and kind of a, even a wake-up call of what the situation can look like when we trust in ourselves versus what it can look like when we trust in you, that dry, parched desert versus a just uh, a spring of life, really, Lord, welling up inside of us. And so I thank you for the reminders in your word. Pray that you would plant those on our hearts and on our minds and that we would live those out throughout this week and thank you again for for just the opportunity to freely talk about you lord and for what a blessing that is it's in jesus name that we pray amen amen good stuff well yes, thanks sir. for listening everybody if you made it this far in episode 15 of season two of true north talk make sure you leave a rating on our podcast this best way to help us grow is to leave a good rating on spotify um and wherever you listen to us uh we just hope that you share this too with somebody who needs to hear it and thank you all loyal listeners of True North. This is your favorite host with the most, Peter and Joseph, signing out. Peace. Peace.